This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. There are some excellent dinners coming up uh, at Zupan's at the Cellar Z on Burnside, the best of Oregon dinner and wine series. They have Friday dates throughout the spring and summer. They're all-inclusive, four-course dinners with wine pairings highlighting the best of food and wine in Oregon. Everybody's going to want to look those up. Yeah, and the one closest to us is happening in May, May 25th, the Lobster and Clam Bake, Maine Lobster Tails, Steamer Clams, and Wild Mexican Shrimp. Sounds so good. You can purchase tickets right now at zoopans.com. And while you're there, you want to sign up for the news feed. Mm -hmm. So you sign up there, you get exclusive access to deals, recipes, new items, and more. I always pull up my email as I walk into Zoopans and say, oh, here's what I'm going to get for free today. Yeah, Chris. In fact, if you sign up now, coming up, you're going to be able to get 25% off Zupan's signature cuts. That's Harris Ranch Tomahawk Steaks, Harris Ranch Porterhouse Steaks, all sorts of great stuff in there happening April 19th through the 21st. So you want to get signed up for that news feed and Zupan's will make it easy for you. Right. And they also make uh, Passover and Easter easy. They have a full menu of items ready to create a beautiful spring Celebration spread. Isn't it nice that it's spring now? Oh, yeah. No, there, it's, court? It's, it, this weekend was so crazy awesome. It was and, and in fact, I was actually thinking, I'm like, I need to get the deck ready. I need to go to Zupans and get some meat and grill them up. And on your way to Zupans, here's the deal. Here's the beautiful thing. I mm-hmm. just drove in from the coast yesterday. Roll down the windows and you get to drive with the windows open on the way oh, to Zupans. That's the best thing about this time of year. Yep. The news feed, all those great dinners at the uh, Cellar Z on Burnside, all that information can be found at Zupans.com. Of course, you can always stop by your nearest location, McAdam, West Burnside, and Lake Grove. Here we are. It's time once again. Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles, Portland Food Adventures. Oops. Sorry. It's okay. I jumped in there. Yeah. So eager to introduce you, Chris Johnson, Kink.fm, and uh, who's been with us at the controls here since 2014. Yeah. Imagine that. What were you doing in 2000? Not you, Court, but you listeners. What were you doing in 2014? We were doing this podcast yeah. then. So uh, it's really hard to believe. So what? if you're a regular listener, you know that once a month we pull out an episode in our archives for you to hear because we assume we have a lot more listeners now than we did back in 2014. Yep. So let's give everybody the benefit of hearing some of those episodes and getting to know those people that we interviewed. So one of the obvious ways we do that is go look in our archives, mm-hmm. go into Libsyn. And, and so I found something very interesting today. What's that? that a lot of our early episodes... Those people are not in business or are not in the food world anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a bunch of those. We, you even go, it changes so much. Even you go back a year ago, Chris. Well, that's some true. some of those people that, are, that have changed jobs. They're at a different restaurant or, or to your We point. try to do our best in, in, like, in interviewing people who have, not, it's not necessarily staying power, like but we longevity. think are solid and are going to stay there. Know. We did have one that moved the day the day before the oh, yeah. podcast and did not tell us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, um, <laughs> in our history. Yep. Uh, thanks for letting us know. We just promoted you at this restaurant, and now you're, you're going to be at else. this restaurant. Yeah. But, uh, but in this particular case, I went back, and, you know, almost everybody, including Don Barasa, who was our first 
episode. That's he's right. at Yelp, but he's no longer he's, in that position. Right. But then you go down and, you know, Sarah Hart's no longer there. Mm-hmm. And, and there are a few others. Um, uh, Neil Coral yeah. is no longer doing what he's doing. And uh, it's interesting. So as I'm going up the list from episode one on, bing, Jackie and Adam Sappington. Yeah of Country Cat when we did one of our original um, couples months. That's right. And so uh, they were an interesting interview, and I, I think we'd like to have them on again. But I kind of picked it up because it was one of those earlier ones where they're still doing what they're doing well at Country Cat. They're great people, interesting interview, and also I thought it was a nice lead-in to next week's episode with Karen Pride. Oh, that's right. Because they bought her restaurants – Harlow and Prasad, mm-hmm. vegan restaurants, and uh, bought her out of those, and they're operating those now, right. too. So we'd like to have them back to talk about that, but I thought it was an interesting um, interesting time because we, we reference Adam and Jackie and in next week's episode, and, and um, Karen just thinks the world of them, and we all think the world of them. So sure. we thought it was a nice time to revisit them. And also, there's another link, too. We just had an episode with Corey Schreiber. Oh, of, that's right. Who started Wildwood, and that's where Adam and Jackie met. met. Now that that's I right. think of it, I'll just keep thinking, and we'll just well, never just, get to the actual episode. I'm just, and we'll talk I'm just thinking that we interviewed them. This is pre-Country Cat out at the airport. Right. And this might be the most uh, awkward way to segue to an air, to an airport story but people can travel to the airport with you right oh aren't you good at segways court well, well that was pretty <laughs> clunky if i had thought it through a little better it would have been a lot smoother well, but but as someone who has a selfish interest in that segue yes, it's better if i do it than you i'm yes but i'm also very happy that you just mentioned it very quickly two fantastic trips we've got them half sold out one would be in no uh october to Bologna mm-hmm. and Emilia Romagna with my dear friend Austri Ensign. Right. And uh, that's going to be a fantastic trip, country, city, and in my opinion, or in my palate, the best food I've had in Italy was in Bologna and that region. And so that, and also, Court, have you been to Urdaneta? I have been to Urdaneta. Absolutely. You, no, I love it. Oh, yes. yes. So at Ur- I'm, I didn't know whether you were going to say yes or no, yeah. probably because I forgot. But uh, with, and, the, and the best thing I did there was I went with a group of friends and we just said, feed us. Oh, yeah. That is the way to go. That's, oh, man. So now you can t- now you can take your group of friends, Court, uh, to, to Basque Country. Oh, there we go. So we're going to go to San Sebastian, Bilbao, uh, Bermeo, where, where Chef Javier Canteras, mm-hmm. that's the gentleman who's hosting the trip, along with his wife, JL, um, we're going to be going to Basque Country in April of 2020, April 23rd to be specific, on uh, 10 days. That one, we sold six slots before it even went for sale. Oh, wow. Up for sale. So that's half sold out now, about half sold out, and we'd love to have you join us. It's going to be really spectacular. And all those people, by the way, that have signed up Mm -hmm. that reserve spots have been on other trips with us so that's just a little statement for what we do and how much we love their return uh customers same with bologna so all of those people that i just mentioned are coming back so we we'd love to have some new faces and that could be you or you or you or you or you all right we get details on that by the way portlandfoodadventures.com there's a trips tab God, you're professional. Thank you. You're welcome. We should. You should have you do this for. I, you, I you should. should I this. should do this for a living. Yeah, you should do it for a living. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So wait, wait. Who are we talking about here? Jackie and Adam Sapping. That's right. 
And uh, we're pleased to do a repeat episode of them. And by the way, if anybody has any favorite episodes oh, that yeah. they've listened to send from us right a note. Before, Let us know. send us a note which yeah. ones we should repeat, because otherwise we're making the decisions. Right. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. By Portland Food Adventures. Tempt yourself with an incredible Italian food vacation with Astri Enzyme and a wonderful October journey to Bologna and Emilia Romagna. It's all at PortlandFoodAdventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and special savings on these PFA food journeys. And by Gen Air Quality Appliances at Standard TV and Appliance. Standard TV and Appliance is your source for the best of Gen Air and associated brands, where you can check out the latest technology in appliances like Gen Air's remote access ranges with a host of other cool features for your upgrade or remodel. Gen Air and Standard, both staples in Oregon and Washington kitchens since 1947. Here in yeah. town? No, 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 Missouri did. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he, uh, so I, this brings back memories. Did you go in? Oh yeah. Did you go into watching? It, it was all vinyl. Oh well, of all course. All vinyl. Well, I worked in radio when it was all carts. You know, hit the cart. Yeah. It wasn't all digital. Yeah. This. Fancy. Easy. Sound. Well, this. You just have to like, do the mix and you know bring up. You had to time it. You had to time that. Time you had to get it going. Yeah. So how long? Ago, what year was that? So and that what was, was he playing? That he did this show called Class Reunion every Sunday morning for mm-hmm. like twelve years. Jefferson City, Missouri, from I'm thinking 78 or 79 to probably, God, close to 90. Okay. And the 80s had some good Full music. on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but it was all. But it what was kind all of music was that? It was all R&B, doo-wop. Oh, cool. Classic rock. And it was Sunday morning Sunday in morning. Jefferson City. Was that, yeah. uh, did it have a religious bent to it? Or was oh, it no, the people they, who didn't go to church? Was, they had some. <laughs> yeah. Totally, <laughs> totally. They were keeping the party going from the night before, man. And so you're doing yeah. that now. Oh, yeah. In the restaurant business, keeping oh, yeah. the party going from yeah. the night before. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> brunch, man. Seven days a week. Yeah, brunch. Ouch. Seven days. Who else does seven? day week brunch in portland that, know, is, maybe, that is actually like a you know it isn't a breakfast diner th- kind of place does, uh, doesn't lisa schroeder at mother's well yeah seven yeah. days a week that would be her deal that's her gig uh yeah. i don't really know i don't know of anybody else that does just brunch so are you either of you getting up for it jackie you up for brunch in the morning are you prepping in the uh, I, I go, I go in fairly early, you know, I'm more the early one and I kind of match my, our kids getting out of school. So I'm yeah. up early, out earlier. Adam's in a little later. I'm out a little, he's out How old are the later. kids now? Nine and 11. Yeah. Wow. Big boys. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they're, you know, it doesn't get easier, it just changes. You know. Their schedule You got 10 more easier. years till it starts oh. to get a little easier, I think. Yeah, I think. I was thinking about that. This it morning. just shifts. It changes. It just shifts. Yeah, yeah but no, it does actually, I'm just telling you from my yeah. experience, it does actually <laughs> at some point get a little easier. Yeah, so I yeah. can call you? Like, no, you can't call me about yeah, that. Come on, man. Why not? We're, we're here. <laughs> Especially if it's about babysitting. You know? no. Well, I'll do that, by yeah, the way. Yeah. So um, I'd be happy to do that. Actually, you know, I, actually, now that my kids are older, I enjoy younger kids again because oh, I'm yeah. not around them as much. Sure. So you yeah. kind of you forget that and you miss it. I know Adam no. has been saying he's had baby fever baby a little fever. bit. I'm like, uh, oh no, wow. We're, no, that's no. A, that's a big <laughs> that's a big difference if you're going to do nine and eleven and then oh other, yeah, you know, well, that ain't happening. And, it ain't happening. You're just having. It's just, so do you wake fever. him up, slap him <laughs> yeah. a little bit, and yeah. then he goes, oh, Never give me it. a drink. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's usually the other way around. I know, right? man. I don't know what it is. Maybe so why do you spring. think you're having baby fever? I don't know. I just love kids. I love being around them. I love the energy. I love watching them. I think they're so funny. So I, think, I think it's partly because our 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 11-year-old is kind oh. of in that tween zone and yeah. kind of leaving the house a little bit well, more, a little, little more steps, independence. You know. And I think he's like, oh, 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 Hold oh on to where's those. my baby? But you know how it is. God, it's tough, man, when they're little. Dude, because the kids were two and four. Four when we opened Country Cat. Yeah, well, like that, Quinn had just turned two, and that's crazy time. Dude, it's I mean, brutal. But it's, I don't know. On top of that, a restaurant too. opening. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was insane. So how long before? So you must have been having the ideas for Country Cat, birthing Country Cat, yeah. when you were having the ideas about kids, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. I so mean, yeah. we started thinking. I the weird thing is, I left Wildwood eight years ago today. Oh, congratulations! And, well, thank you. And we started thinking about Country Cat or, you know, really, really seriously considering it. Uh, the day the, after? The, the year prior. No, yeah, the, the year, year prior. prior. It was kind of this year. That's why I was Probably 18 months sure. because we, yeah. Yeah, we tried to raise money and all that. It was just, yeah. So was it kind of a covert thing or was it pretty well known that you were, that you had I your made sites it, I announced elsewhere. it to this, yeah, to Corey and the crew and just slowly started. It just, we, had, we had thought about moving uh, to Bend. To open Country Cat, because yeah. at the time Bend was booming, yeah, um, it was kind of untapped. There were a couple, yeah, bigger what was restaurants. That was there who was it? Jody, uh, can't remember that cat, but he he kind of had he had a place. And so, but then you really would have been Country Cats. A little, we would have been really more country. so. Yeah. So instead, you go to Montevilla. Yeah. Yes. Which was, uh, you know, in in Still Portland tough. food lore, a little bit of a risky move. Very much so. Um, there was nothing else there. Nope. Yahala, which is you know an institution at that point at this right. point, but you know people that's that's where people would go if they were going to Montevilla. It was yeah. to go to Lewis Rents. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Plywood. A one. Yahala for a quick bite. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a movie theater over there too. Yeah. yeah. So what was the thinking? Was it a rent or did you just really want to do that? Did you want to break some new ground? What was the thinking? Well, the Academy Theater had just gotten refurbished and bipartisan um, coffee shop. Just it was thriving, doing well. And we just saw a lot of people moving into this area because it was still affordable, a little untapped, kind of sleepy. And when we came across... The Dixon Drugstore, which was which was the the current country cat, it just had this 
kind of old Main Street feel that was just, it kind of harkened back for Adam in particular, the days of Mid- of Midwest Missouri, you know, Main Street, Jefferson City, the state ha- capital, where you go down and you get, a, you know, something from the soda fountain, um, say hi to everybody, you know everybody, and you move on your way down Main Street. And, it, and we really, lo- that was one of the feelings we wanted to capture with Country Cat. Yeah, and it was the gut. You know, you walk in. So you knew the minute you saw that space? That the was minute it. we went into it, it was like the gut feeling was like, and you it. and you knew the concept for Country Cat. Oh yeah, you had it completely put together. Yeah, but you know how it is. Restaurants start to take on identities, right? So when you see the space, there's a little more of we can do that there. And yeah, that. I mean, we went from studs. You know, who does that anymore? I don't know. I mean, we, yeah. And we knew we were taking a chance. I think we looked yeah. west more than east. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the street goes west. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know. Well, you got to go over a hill. Oh, yeah. You know, there's that, yeah, there's a, that hump. There's a huge hill there's that a, we yeah. had to climb. <laughs> and when you're, dealing with, when you're dealing with a biking public, that is yeah. an issue, actually. can be. Yeah. It definitely can be. But um, going in and getting the gut feeling and our, our landlord. There's a lot great. of history in Montevilla. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great old Portland history that yeah. you know we learned about through the process and continue to, to continue learning with it which m- deepens the roots for the, for it for us yeah. does, does uh, Gabriel come into the restaurant yeah. he lives right uh, oh yeah nearby yeah Hannah worked for us for about a year right before she had their second baby Gabriel yeah. Rucker by the way I, yeah I've learned that I can't just throw <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah man you no know, it's cool yeah so it was uh you know, it was a whole different skill set of pioneering a place and educating the neighborhood. And so what do you, what did you say, seven or eight years? I'm sorry. Seven. Seven. In seven years, what, have, what do you think was the most important thing that you learned to make Country Cat successful? What would you tell somebody else who was doing the same type of thing, pioneering in a neighborhood, new concept, which, by the way, I love the concept. As oh. soon as I heard Country Cat... For me, and I saw the logo, it said what you wanted to say. Oh, cool. Which well, is, you know, Thank you. One of our friends. Missouri and, and the kind of food you serve. It's, yeah. I've always, you know I've always loved yeah, it. Yeah, awesome. very loyal. But so, um, so what do you think you've learned in seven years that is, was the, there are probably a lot of things, but what's the one thing that surprised you the most? That, I think that, it was uh, stripping down the layers on a personal level and just really responding to what the neighborhood wanted. Because, <clears throat> like I said, it was a matter of the identity of what the idea was that we wanted to see the restaurant turn into, and then what the restaurant actually morphed into from an identity's perspective. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that had to do with what the customer base wanted to see. So it was a, truly a matter of, of responding to that call, and that was the call of wanting to see brunch seven days a week. And that, was that wasn't the plan? Well, not necessarily at first. I mean, we're, you know, dinner, house, and bar. We were five nights. It was just like. Well, I, th- I think part of it, too, you know, we opened in uh, 2007, and immediately we had the Great Recession. Yeah. Um, for us, um, one, it was the difference of working in a re- taking being being high-level managers in a restaurant that mm-hmm. you don't own to going to owning everything and coming and going, you still are holding the bag to everything and learning 
to surrender to that fact yeah. and also to surrender to the lifestyle of being a restaurateur. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not days off, it's days out. You know, I'm not at the restaurant, but I'm, I always have my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's we, seven days a week, you know. I mean, that's what we're like. We're doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Our rent's the same. We're not closing. Were you able to, after owning a restaurant and doing all that, look back at your days at Wildwood or, uh, <laughs> you know, days that you worked at other restaurants and say, oh, now I know why they were freaked out at that particular sure. moment? Well, I now I understand some of the decisions. You know, now I understand mm-hmm. some of the sacrifices, you know, because there's a lot of both of those that are involved, you know, a lot of sacrifice. Do you, um, when you're making hard decisions at the restaurant, mm-hmm. your relationship with your, uh, <clears throat> with your staff there, do you explain everything to them that maybe some, some things don't need to be explained or shouldn't be explained or sure. how active are they in the, in the, not necessarily in the decision making process, but how aware are they as to what was, what's going on and what you're doing? Oh, I think that there's a front side and there's always a back side. The people that want to tap into the back side do. The people that aren't that concerned with it because they don't want to get mixed up just don't. And that's fine. I don't want to force it on anybody. Don't you think so? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that um, we've had our core group of, you know, Kevin Crum and, and uh, Mike Eels have been just steady in the kitchen for almost six years. Well, yeah, six years and almost seven. But um, they get as much of it as they want. Jack and I are still super active in the kitchen and all the decision-making and the creative power and the butchery and all of those things that, that happen to make the restaurant identity the way that it is and also just to fuel the force of what happens. But as far as employees wanting to tap into what the true nuts and bolts of it are, the, if, it's always I, every time I hire somebody, I say, you can do whatever you want to do here. You can open any door you want to do. I have no secrets. I'll tell you everything I've got. But it's completely up to you to to want to cross that line, and you're not going to come looking for some, them. No, some want to do it, some don't. You know, that's a lot to take on too. You know, an employee to they're just really trying to get the fried chicken right. Well, and I, I think with and they do. So <laughs> yeah, they, got they got that. <laughs> that's first step. Right. right. With fried, with chicken. fried chicken. Fried chicken. Step one. Is it, on the, is it on the application <laughs> process? Some whole like six step fried chicken <laughs> kind of. Right. Yeah. Actually, you probably don't want them to come in with too much. You, you want to you want a blank slate. I yeah. would imagine. I want. Uh, yeah, we're looking at 18, 18 months to, to two years experience maximum. Well, you know, we don't really hire much beyond that. Right. Just because I'm I like them green and I want to. And it's a young person's job, and you know. And I think I think with the restaurant industry, and I think pretty much with any industry that someone wants to make a career for themselves, it's it's so internally driven. No matter what you're doing, that if you want it and you want to go far, then you need to seek it out. Yeah, you got to find it on your own too. the, The tools are here, but it's not. It's not just like freewheeling. Let's give it, give, give away the store. It's not that we're keeping. There's no secrets, but if someone is like, I really want to learn butchery or I really want to learn pastry, then you need to say, this is what I want to do, and this is the, the this is the plan that I want to, how mm-hmm. I want to have that executed. And then we're like, cool. You have a clear mind of what you want, and we can give you the tools to get to that point. Sure. And that's that has been the biggest success with our long-term employees, you know, that we're here to help you, but you have to let us know you want what, you know, communicate with us on what you want and we'll give it to you. So you have some people there that you know 
are going to either grow with you or grow outside of Country Cat someday. Sure. They're going to have to move on. Yeah. And then you have others that are just, they're doing their job, and you don't know what's going to happen. Hmm, not yet. You know, I think that, you know, the, the opportunities are there at the restaurant. The ones that really want to find what makes them excited and tick every single day, they're the ones that are going to shine and stay with us for a long period. The ones that just come in and punch the clock don't last very long with me because I, I don't have time for that. And Jackie doesn't either. And the restaurant needs to have people that are <clears throat> forward thinking and thinking beyond the box and continuing to move themselves forward, but also just produce what the restaurant needs to be produced on a daily basis with a high energy level. So how do you identify that when you're talking to someone? Because usually you can't figure that out after until it, it after takes you, 90 days. It takes 90 days. Yeah. So do you have... Is there a turnover there? I'm gonna. I'm curious. You know, with your prowess as a butcher, mm-hmm. you must have a lot of people who want to come in and learn from they do. you. Um, you know, and if they want to do it, great. But it's up to you. I'll pay you. Clock in. But you know? I would imagine you're not going to hire anybody. You don't need to hire anybody who's just going to clock in and clock out on that part of the business. You want someone who wants to really learn it because they're going to be better and more motivated. I would imagine. Absolutely. Mario, that's been with us almost pretty much since day one, uh, has taken over over the years. I've we've worked together butchering almost every single day, so he's taken over a, a, the reins with that through vision and also through direction. But he's taken that on so much that you know I tell him what to do. We we go over different cuts, we look at different muscle groups, and the cooks that are involved in that are the ones that are benefiting from that. And that's my point. It's like, if you want to do it, you got to just pay attention. You got to dig, dig in to do it. You know, the, yeah. the thing that I find, um, you know, the way that our tables are set up, Adam's butcher table, we face each other. The baker yeah. tables, this, you know, we're facing. So I'm watching him butcher. He's watching me bake. And then, I, you know, we watch, you know, various employees come in and say, I really want to learn the butchery. I re- okay, great. Tell me when. Pick up your and knife. It, and it's really Let's interesting. It. It's like, okay, we just opened the door. You have to walk through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some do. Some like, you know, they, they the want is there, but the effort isn't there. Yeah. And, you know, that's, it's really interesting. It's, it's almost a study in human nature. You see mm-hmm. the people that really go after what they want and they have, and then you see the talkers that like, oh, I want to do that. But, you know, the effort that they realize that needs to be inputted in order to do it, then it doesn't always meet there. Well, it's tough nowadays too because we're in a click, click and mm-hmm. and accomplish generation. Yeah, it is, um, and I am too. I can't, I'll, I can't point just, but you get to the point where you think this is going to do it. So actual physical effort, and it's a physical job. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and it requires a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So you who now have a nine and eleven year old, how do you have the energy? How do you, how do you keep it together because I'm sure there are days where you're just not feeling like doing it Yeah, and you have to. Uh, it's just the drive to want to do better I think. It's just continually surrendering like we said, surrendering ourselves to the decision that we made in order to open a restaurant and work it and work our employees to the point where they're feeling successful. That motivates me every day. Like, were, to that were there things in your both of your childhoods that would have that you look back at now and say, wow, I, I showed the drive there that, I, that I'm that i utilizing now. Uh, I mean, I always wanted to be better than everybody else. 
Were I mean, you an athlete? Because yeah. I think you're a competitive guy. Yeah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. I am. That's one thing about you that yeah. it's hard not to realize you're very competitive. Yeah. And, you know, we we had the uh, the deck was stacked against us at, out there in Montevilla, you know, to be honest. So but I think maybe that's why you took it on, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. the kind of guy you are. I think it was, uh, it was down deep that it was like, okay, this is going to be a real challenge. To educate, to group, to to put an American restaurant in a in a very working class neighborhood and respond to their needs and you know make them feel like this is their place. That was a huge huge challenge. But I think that, you know we've we've proven that we. I feel like we've met a lot of those. So what did you have marks. in your past that enabled you to do that? Because you can't just open a restaurant. You, have, you had to have some, but but beside the drive, was there somebody who was a role model for you? Yeah, Cor- Corey Schreiber for sure. Okay, Cor- Corey, Corey methodically helped me, and he methodically taught me how to be kind to people, but be firm, to get what you want out of people through uh, the power of nice, but also. Be directive and and getting the response that you need out of the individual. You know, because we always discuss that you lose thirty percent of what you're telling someone to do when it comes to a dish. If I'm telling someone how to make, you know, an asparagus omelet, I'll lose thirty percent of that when they're physically making it. So it's up to me to give that extra thirty <coughs> percent through the process. So I think that it it was that, and it was just it was Corey's you know mentorship and taking me under his wing and helping me understand that I can do what I need to do through these processes. You know, it was staying at Wildwood for 11 years. I mean, you That's know. That's a long time. That's a long time, but, you Preston know. Preston was there for a good while, too. I, I mean, he was there longer than I was right. on his, on his, in his trajectory there. But uh, it was, uh, it was such a huge part of forming who I am, why I do the things I do, and how I view food and people and how to grow a business was was through Corey's direction. So but I, I think if I so? want to just, I speaking about Adam, mm-hmm. um, I think innately for Adam, he has incredible tenacity and has his whole life. I mean, we've we've known each other for almost 20 years now, so yeah. I feel like I can justifiably say I've got okay. some tenure to see, <laughs> right. to see speak it. A little, speak with a little authority. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I know, you know, he... Um, he doesn't waver and i think for even from childhood you know he had a very stable childhood he at his tenure at wildwood you see a lot of cooks jump around because they think they need to be in five million different places to get great experience where adam took a different approach and said you know i'm going to stay here and learn everything and that tenacity and that um drive to just stick to it I think is has been a huge part of the, to the success of you know having Country Cat be around for seven years at this point. Pausing a moment here, Chris, to talk about a great place to go for dinner any time of the week. Ringside. Ringside. Look at that. Cheerleaders. Yep. Ringside Steakhouse. Yeah, in the Peterson family for 75 years. This would be the 75th year. Yep. And uh, there's a reason that restaurant has sustained so long. Oh, yeah. there. I mean, if you're going to a show downtown, if you're going to any event downtown, why not go check out their three-course meals? Three-course supper. Yeah. 45 
$2.25 before 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday. And just a little bit more after that. Right. And then also Monday is prime time. Yep. So the prime rib three-course dinner, 35 bucks. Can't beat that. I mean, that's that's beautiful beef oh, yeah. that you're going to be enjoying for that price at the Consummate Steakhouse in Portland as well. Yep. And uh, they have... We recently did a spot for them that reeled off their entire happy hour menu. Oh, they have one of the best happy hours in Portland, bar none. Yes. So, and and you can get that all Sundays, four to five thirty. So mm-hmm. there's an hour and a half window on Sunday, and anytime you're ro- rolling around nine thirty to close, excellent happy hour. So you can sample wonderful ringside food at happy hour prices. Yep, never a bad reason to go to Ringside Steakhouse. You can set up reservations online at ringsidesteakhouse.com. Hey, Chris, we'd like to welcome our great sponsor, Gen Air at Standard TV and Appliance. Yeah, it's awesome. They were with us a couple of years ago, but appropriate now, both in their, uh, both started in 1947, and just last year, Gen Air launched a beautiful series of new appliances. They really upgraded everything. They have two lines, Rise and Noir, for you to check out at Standard TV and Appliance. Tell us a little bit about them, Court. Well, both of these lines connect to Wi-Fi so that you can use them using your Amazon Alexa or maybe you've got a Google-assisted enabled device like a Google Home. Connect and control appliances remotely. Like if you want to set the uh, oven before you get home, you can do that. Get real-time notifications. You can contact Gen Air call center through them. And get this, get a recipe from Yumly through the device. More than one. You yeah. can do a few of them. And not only that, you can attach your dishwasher to Amazon and get get lo- dishwasher detergent delivered w- without even thinking about it. Nothing is worse than running out of dishwasher detergent without not realizing it, but your dishwasher or your washing machine are going to know this. Absolutely. So both the Noir and Rise line feature irresistible interiors illuminated by cinematic and chef's lighting, which is really cool. you got to see these. Smooth racks and flat tines, an expanse of dark glass. Really easy way for you to check out these lines. You can Google search Gen Air Rise or Gen Air Noir. That's one way to check these out, but there's an even better way to do it. Let's go down to Standard TV and Appliance. They have four locations, Mm -hmm. one in Beaverton, two in Portland. The showrooms are beautiful, and you'll be able to see them uh, not only in the showrooms, but on the the showroom floor, and uh, also one in Bend for our millions of listeners out that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you both remember where you were the moment you heard Wildwood was closing? Yeah, I was at soccer practice with my son. I think I texted you, didn't I? I think I saw it on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's where we get a lot of our news nowadays. It's kind of hard not to. Everything breaks there. I know. So, how did? uh, Can you remember how you felt? Did you? Because you didn't see it coming. It wasn't news in the in the Portland stratosphere. Yeah, I was. you know, I've got to be careful. I, I, uh, well, you don't have to be too careful. Well, it's close. I know. I mean, well, for the people involved. I mean, right. I think Dustin did an amazing job at just staying focused and just putting out great food and supporting all the farms that were established through there. I thought the vision that Dustin kept was so spot on. He did such a tremendous job. I think that um, <clears throat> I had issues with how it was handled for him and handled for the period of time when when I left and Corey left and and uh, there and Randy and there were some management mix-ups and I think some of the powers that be that were a little larger than 
behind the scenes. Uh, I didn't support that so much, and that was one reason why it was time for me to go because mm-hmm. I had plateaued and done what I needed to do. But when I when I heard it, I was I immediately you know I immediately contacted Corey and just said I you know finally this chapter is going to be over because I thought it just needed to it just needed to go. It was such an amazing gross template for so many people and mm-hmm. so many chefs and it's kind of our Portland family and we have still our kind of contact with a lot of people that we met along the way and um you know and you met there so I mean Jackie I'm, and I yeah. got married there and um I just was I was kind of relieved that it was going to be put to rest and and it 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 ended on a that it ended on the note that it did but it was just I think it was smart that they gave it a week and it was done and not drag it out and all that stuff. I went down there in the afternoon to see Dustin on a quiet afternoon, quieter afternoon, and didn't really get mixed up in the hoopla because I just didn't, I didn't want that part of it for me. For me, it was just a calm, quiet goodbye, and that was it. You know, because it meant a lot to me. I spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wanted it to be respectful and I wanted it to be clear. So that was kind of my vision. well. Things change, and Portland it's, grows. It's great, you know. You know, it's good, and I hope to see Dustin move on into something huge. You know, he's such a talented guy. You know, and the whole management team that was there at that point—they're so talented. I just I want to see the best. Well, I think we're going to see them. In I, I due, certainly in hope so too. Due time. Yeah. So, um, you do you keep in touch with a lot of the folks that you worked with uh, over the years? Portland is a really tight knit community. We know. Are there some chefs yeah. that you hang out with more than others, or, or yeah. not? Not necessarily chefs, but other people in the restaurant business from Wildwood, or I think we have a we have a gaggle of close knit friends that stemmed from Wildwood. The early days. The early days of yeah. Wildwood that um, We were all young. I was that we you were in the mid nineties. I mean I right? started in ninety five. I left in two thousand six. I mean I was twenty three. Yeah. And I left I was thirty something. Yeah, we, we keep in contact. We've had kid you know, all of yeah. our most of our kids were all born at the same time. <laughs> um you know, so we you know, we're all super busy doing different things now, but we get together at least a few times a year I think yeah so part of being busy in the <laughs> restaurant business here is doing a lot of events mm-hmm. you know and I've talked to Mr. Paley about that and how he feels he was on his birthday I saw him serving something at a charity event and I said what are you doing here on your birthday and mm-hmm. this is what I do yeah so um, how do you feel how do you do all you do a lot of events you're oh, at a yeah. lot of places all the time and I don't remember, you know, when I lived elsewhere that these events were going on, but I wasn't really in, into the food scene at all in other sure. cities. But is this unusual, and is it is it a Portland marketing thing that you're at events quite a bit? I don't think it's Portland. I just think that television has has put in the consciousness of everybody that want, they want to see the chef. They want to meet the chef. They want to see what they do, and they open kitchens have you know, taking down the wall, so to speak, to to get more of a personal experience with the cooks and the chefs and see what's going on. And it's exciting. People love the excitement of food. They love to watch people cook. They love to hear what people say, controversy or not. You know, I think that that draws itself to these large festivals that mm-hmm. go on or these small events that people need to do. Um, it's the hand sell that gets people to remember you. That was the marketing plan for Jackie and I was and still is and still is I mean I put myself out to as many things as I can for charity for 
for publicity, for uh, for anything that's going to put our name out there to keep it in the pipeline because we have to. It's and you can't just assume it's going to be there. I no. think that, I think that's a very that's an understanding across the board here is that you can't get complacent. No, nope. you have uh, to you can't start thinking push. you're you're the shit. And, no, uh, you don't need to do that. No, you can't. No, and then just when it just if go, you ever think happen. that, then you need to dig in deeper. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, well, if you ever think that, that's not the type of person that would dig in deeper. Right. That's, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, we, we do them all over the country. And I give you, uh, you know, I give you a lot of credit because when I moved here, which was 2005, I wasn't yeah. even aware there was a food scene. None mm-hmm. of the concierge at the hotels where I'd stayed made me aware of it. And uh, my experience coming out to visit you at Country Cat, where you were so gracious to me, I'd sit at the counter, oh, nice. try this, try that. That was um, some of the impetus be- behind... Portland Food Adventures oh, that thanks. I'm doing, and John nice. Gorham had a lot to do with that too. Sure, um, but I there was no experience that I could I could have or bring someone to enjoy. Uh, you yeah. know, I started bringing people coming, yeah. and uh, I think that is what really makes the whole scene sing here because I, there's that interaction between diners mm-hmm. and all you people who are so talented and so incredible. Mm. I still, you know, after getting to know so many people, I still just am in awe of the hard work you put in and the talent that you have, the food you put out mm. with a smile. Oh, thanks. Okay, that's that's a, very, very that's nice. important. So Really nice, man. Um, and I think you realize that. And does that, does that, for you, come from Missouri? Was that, and by the way, I know how to pronounce yeah, Missouri. Yeah, you do. <laughs> my, 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 uh, I'm usually pretty bad at everything else, but my father went to University of Missouri. So. Oh, he did? In Columbia? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I lived there for a couple of years. You went to journalism school. Yeah, big journalism department there. Well, in those days, that was it. That was it. So he was, was you know, pre-madman. Yeah. Want to get into the advertising business. Oh, you man. went to University of Missouri. In my yeah. day, it was Syracuse. But, oh, what? But at any rate. Yeah. But uh, we heard a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, he I've always... He, wasn't, he, he, he brought none of that back with him. Oh, no really? Missouri back with him at no all. Kidding. Huh, yeah, no. There was nothing that I could identify that was down-home Midwest genuine yeah. about him. My dad had a huge personality. He was just a very likable guy. I think I got a lot from him mm-hmm. um, on that. You know, I, I don't. I have no problem being in front of public or doing speaking engagements or anything. I I love it. I don't get nervous about anything. So you said he was in the in the. He had a radio show. Yeah, he had a radio show. Was that a side business or was that what he did? That was pretty much what he did. Oh, and cool. then his side business was, <laughs> we'd play like uh, like class reunions and we'd play like dances and stuff. But he had like six cassette recorders and we'd make all these tapes and we'd we'd um mix the tapes in order to get them in and out i mean so it was like it wasn't adam and his brother were the i was roadie man (laughs) in high school (laughs) yeah (laughs) the lake of the ozarks and like you know mocaine missouri man like these you know little places that it was i mean it was it paid well you know i was up late i don't know then i got used to like being up late and i was like then being a chef was like you know you're up late all the time so was your mom who was where did you pick up your love for the food? Food? Probably, th- I think, through my mother and then through my great-grandmother. And it was like kind of this osmosis thing that was going on with me. I'd, we'd always have big dinners and have fried chicken, and it was always a gathering. And I loved being with everybody and just watching the, the whole family come together for food. That was the deal. You know, we'd have fried chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, braised green beans, a big old salad. And we had that almost at least once or twice a month. But we had fried chicken every single week. 
Every so was it was it a night for fried chicken? Usually Sunday night. Sunday nights. And are your parents still with us? My mother is. My dad has passed. But yeah, my mom's still. You know, she come up to the restaurant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, How's that? Were you serving her now? She just. She's hilarious. She comes in, hugs all the staff. Oh honey. Oh honey. Good to see you. I mean, she's just an angel. You know. She is. She'll sit at the counter. We'll set her up with some fried chicken. She she's in heaven. It's I want to come and meet angel. her someday. <laughs> oh she's awesome. with her. That would she's be great. So, um, uh, outside of yours yeah. and your mom's, what's the best fried chicken you've ever had? Best fried chicken I've ever had was, uh, well, besides my <laughs> probably my great grandmother's because that she was the one I think that really turned it around. Well, that me. goes back a few generations. We need to put that in the Country Cat yeah. website lore. It goes back. Oh, You'll catch it in the book. Then. Yeah, in the book. Oh, the book. <laughs> yeah. Right. And when's that coming out? 2015, September. And how much How much have you put into it at this Ooh. point in time? So we're, Man. we're what, 12, 15, 16, 17 months away. We just, uh, we just finished, we just finished the manuscript for yeah. our internal edit. We give it to the publisher uh, July 1. So. And so was that, is that a lot of the narrative about your past? Oh, yeah. The recipes, where and when do those come into play? Are they done? Yeah. Or? We, have, we have three more left. Right? Four. Four. <laughs> we've done a hundred. A hundred. Plus we've done. And your, your fried chicken's going to be in there, right? Yeah, everything. Okay. 163 pages of writing. It's a lot. It's a huge, huge process. We're two plus years into it already. Two years, yeah. two plus. Really? Yeah. No. Well, with the proposal. I guess, yeah. Have you talked to any of your other chef friends about their book experiences? Oh, have all they, of them. Yeah. yeah. Have they helped? What, what have they told you that has helped you <laughs> maybe make it more efficient or more enjoyable? I don't know. Misery loves company. I don't know. I yeah, mean, well, that's... I mean, it kind of is. It's but, more when we when we talk about their, you know, they check in, how how's it going? Um, we're like, we're almost done. They're like, whoo, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and then they say, just wait till the publisher gets the, you know, yeah. goes through the editing process. Awesome. You know, and so it's, you're ready for hell. It's no, yeah. yeah, you know, kind of. I mean, it's, there's no ego involved. You know, we understand we, it's, I think the biggest thing for us is having our voice clear in it and you know, they're going to change stuff. We're responsive to that. I think you know going in. Yeah. You know, it's just like cooking. Yeah. It's not about us. It's about the work. So it's, yeah. a, you know, it's, it's okay. Yeah, but still you're putting your work into it and your thoughts and love. It's hard to be edited. I've been edited sure. before and you you have to step back and, and think, all right, was it that important? Yeah. Right. Um, you got to pick your battles, I guess. You got to sure. pick your battles. So, Jackie, your um, childhood, where did you? Did I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, I am the youngest of three. I have two older brothers. And so my mom was a single mom, and that's kind of where I started cooking because, you know, she needed help with dinner. And so I started digging out some of her old cookbooks, and I'd, she'd come home, and I'd give her a grocery list to go get stuff and on her way home, and I'd have something ready for her, and then I would get more creative. And then, um, then I switched over to desserts for a while, started making birthday cakes for all my friends, and then came home she came home from work one day and I had this mayfoy puff pastry layered thing and she's like did you make the puff pastry I'm like yeah 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 I just read it out of this book and and I just I loved the tangibility of just getting in there with my hands and and then I started you know catering friends birthday parties and then their parents started calling me in high school and I just I just loved 
the business. You know, my, my first restaurant job was working at the Hard Rock Cafe in Los Angeles. And th- that culture, the family, the restaurant family culture was that, that was it for me. That was, I mean, I still have friends from the, that I keep in touch with from the Hard Rock. There's nothing like a restaurant family. I mean, it yeah. just... And that wouldn't be the <clears> kind <throat> of place that you would think would have the restaurant family. I mean, it was a chain and... Yeah. yeah, and it's LA, so it's a lot of. But it was right, you know. At the point, I'm gonna, I know, age myself here, but you know, when I worked there, it, there wasn't, it wasn't the way that it is now. I mean, it's was it you know, LA and London? It was LA, New York, and yeah, LA, New York, London, Chicago. I think. Yeah. Was so when you came to Portland, you you <clears throat> were the purpose was the food business was to get out of Los Angeles and you know see what green trees and four seasons looked like um and I w- ended up going to University of Oregon and then made my way up to Portland and dove into the restaurant scene I was like okay well that was the thing to do how did yeah. what brought you here I, w- I wanted to move west coast and then it's time to get out of Missouri Midwest and uh I wanted to move not to a huge city but to a city I hadn't moved here, so I hadn't seen it. I'd never been here. You know, I uh, studied it for a year. So it's this girl. She was, like, ready to roll. I'm like, let's jet. So we put everything in the van, drove out, pretty much drove the Oregon Trail the whole way out. Mm-hmm. That was in 94. August 9th. Trailblazer. Yeah, baby. Right here. So um, so you've been here for a while. Food scene's years. ripened, mm. so to speak. Yeah. Where do you like to hang out? Dew's Grill. <laughs> I haven't been there. I've what? heard that from a few chefs. I have Dude's to. Grill is man. It is the shit. You're both agreeing Friday? on this. Oh yeah. Oh, There's no disagreement. Get no. some dudes. Dudes. Dudes Grill. We go to Fo, Fo Hung on 47th and Powell. We eat a lot of Asian food. Uh, Why is it that chefs love Asian food? Because it seems to be the thing. Like and I watched Anthony Bourdain with Andy Ricker. Yeah, it was great. The other day, it was awesome. fantastic. Oh man. Uh, Parts Unknown episode. Yeah. And, you know, that's his, you know, he's in heaven with yeah, Asian man. too. Totally. So what is it about Asian food that's, uh, that's. For us, I think it's just such different flavor profiles than what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. I think there's um, a sense of comfort too that comes from it that's not necessarily, that's obviously not American, but, you know, with the rice and the spices and the, the, the noodles and the, I don't, it's just, it's, I don't know, I could eat it all day long, man. Well, that's great. Yeah. So I've always told everybody when they come to Portland, uh, and I have these little programs set up, you know, this is what you should do. Mm. If you have a, a late morning flight, stop at Country Cat for brunch oh, on thanks. the way back and make sure you get a lot of jerky to take with you. Yeah, absolutely. Great. You can take it on. You can take it through security. Yeah. And yeah. actually, maybe if the TSA people were smart, they'd probably abscond with it. But <laughs> <laughs> True. So um, when someone comes out from, from your childhood or someone you know is visiting, where do you tell them they have to go in Portland? The, the go-to places. Porqueno, I think, is just one of the most consistent standby restaurants in the city, hands down. Um, we tell them Dew's Grill, Fo Hung. Uh, I think Ava Jeans has just got such a great, great approach to vegetables. I mean, he mm-hmm. does such such an awesome job, man. Um, Clyde Common, because it's such like a hip, cool, so you know, fun. in the middle of downtown, if you're going to walk downtown, stop and go have a drink. Their cocktails are great. Yeah. 
Um, it's Park got, Park, you know, just because it's of the big city vibe. And it's so great. Park <clears throat> looks just so yeah. good all the time. You know, Asian, Asian, Asian. Look at yeah, that. well, it's... Uh, spicy, spicy, spicy. It's fun. So what do you... You have the book coming out. Yeah. What's in store for Country Cat? Do you, you know, you're... One, one who hasn't opened a second restaurant. Yeah. Do you have that in the sites, or yeah. uh, you, you're just going to book this here, and then yeah. you'll see where you go from there? The opportunity there. presents itself, and it seems right, maybe. I mean, we just kind of got our life back, you know, a little bit. So loving being with the kids, spending more time with Jackie on a personal level. It's good. You know, we just uh, we just signed a lease to the Calico Room, which is two doors down from us for private dining events. So we took over the pastry girl space. Oh, Laura, nice. Laura needed to move on, so we... We got that, and we're going to be shooting in mid-summer to produce um, uh, some pop-ups and private dining and basically give ourselves a little more room to do what we want to do. Uh, and then we'll kind of see, you know, I've got events coming up. I've got some travel. Um, some TV is going to be hitting hard pretty soon. And um, what, we also what TV? Have our, Can you our talk about what TV is coming up? I can't. Okay. Sorry. Because good. I'm glad you're Guy yeah. Fieri's great, but I think, you yeah, know, I think we'll take it up a couple here. notches. Yeah. You know, yeah. but he, that thing was amazing. That was the deal. Scene. They closed the restaurant. How long did you have to close the restaurant? Three yeah. days. Three days. Three full days to do that yeah. episode. Yeah, it was tough. We have, a, we have our clothing it, line though. that we're working on too. Yeah. Our aprons, our butcher aprons, right. bistro aprons, and we just yeah. put a baker's apron in production, and that's our broken cleaver line. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's bumping along. We're, we're trying to get it. Up a more get a little more press. They're always saying have three things, and that bumps bumps you into a line. Okay. So yeah. well, you've got those. So yeah. tell us where we find those online. Make yeah. that, where do we find the, the? Well, they're on Etsy. Um, they're also on our website at the Broken Cleaver Store. Uh, so you can see a Broken Cleaver Store tab. So your website, the by the way, because it's never uh, what you think it is. It's Country Cat that Country yeah. Cat. Dot net. Yeah. The country cat. Dot the net. country cat. Dot net. The country cat. Yeah, see that? Yes. I said it's not where you have to know. Yeah. The country cat. Dot net. Yep. And you can also Google country cat Portland. You'll get there. It'll get up as there well. Anytime. Um, well, thanks so much. Yeah. I great. appreciate it. This was yeah. great. I told so you cool. when, when you walked in, I was it's kind of a quiet morning for me. And I knew <laughs> as soon as you guys walked in the room, there'd be energy. <laughs> you know it, baby. You carried it. So thank oh. you so much. No, I appreciate it. was a pleasure, it. man. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.